Hello, we're back. We've actually not really been anywhere, just working hard to create loads more episodes for you. Although thinking about it, it would have been really nice to do it on a beach with a margarita in hand. Ah, I'm picturing it now. I can almost smell the sea. Hmm, actually, that might be child sick. <laughs> I'm Kat QB, broadcaster, writer and dreamer. And this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child expert and sleepmaker. I, I love how I'm just like taking the teetotal route in sympathy for you. I know, exactly. <laughs> so supportive. <laughs> Together, we are the Sleep Mums. We're kicking off this new season with something that can disrupt sleep for, well, years. Surely the person that coined the phrase teething pains meant it for parents too. This week, Sarah and I are chewing the fat about teething. Like many milestones, on the one hand, it's super exciting. Oh my God, I can see a tiny white crest. My baby has a tooth. On the other, that means no sleep and possibly, oh my gosh, why are they biting me? The difficult thing with teething, apart from the fact it goes on for ages, is that the discomfort often happens before the tooth actually pops out. So it's this not really knowing exactly what's going on, which means we often put any and all grumpiness down to teething and do anything and everything to make it through. No judgment here at all. But we're going to talk you through the process of teething, the best remedies and what to do when you think your baby is feeling better, which can be almost as important. Okay, so you know how every time your baby has a mild temperature or squishy poos or maybe they're drooling loads, some well-meaning person will excitedly tell you they must be teething. But are they right? I mean, it's really hard to know if you can't actually see a tooth. So Sarah, how do you know if your baby is teething? There's lots of different kind of signs and symptoms. And yes, you're absolutely right. The kind of squishy poos can be one. But they also can have squishy poos when you've been weaning. So it's not a guaranteed one either. So some of the more common ones are drooling, chewing, fussiness, red swollen gums. And one that's not as common, but we do see a lot, is when babies actually go off their food. So they might have been enthusiastically taken to their solids and then all of a sudden they just refuse everything. So that can be quite disruptive. The nappies can change and they can possibly have a slightly raised temperature. But the, the raised temperature can be quite hard to tell because it, it's it's usually really mild. So if baby actually has a, a proper temperature, it's unlikely to be teething. It's probably something else, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the least common symptom, I'd say. But it is really hard, isn't it? Because, you know... It does feel like it goes on for ages. We've been talking about it loads in our sleep clubs because um, the, the group just now, I think all of their babies have been teething in the last couple of weeks. And yet at the outset, there was no, no, they couldn't see any teeth. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the sort of sorest part for babies is actually when the teeth are moving under the gums. And so you don't always associate the grumpiness and the um, sort of real whingy moments that you have. You, you don't necessarily realise that's, teething until the tooth has popped through and then you think oh they're happy now but there's a tooth so it can be a little bit confusing and yeah the group that we've got just now a lot of them are having quite extended periods of teething you know for some babies the pain will be sort of 24 48 hours then the teeth will appear 
and everything's fine again. But for other babies, it can be weeks and weeks of discomfort. And quite often it can be weeks and weeks of discomfort and then nothing until the tooth pops through a couple of months later. So the two don't always go hand in hand. But that is like impossible to know. And I think, you know, there's often a bit of a fear of like dosing your baby up on 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 medication and stuff for things if you don't know that that's what it is. Um, but I guess I, I don't, there isn't a solution to it because each baby is different and, you know, there are these symptoms, but it's really tough for parents if you don't know until after the fact. Definitely. And I think, you know, I think the, the sort of medication thing is a real worry for parents because um, you don't obviously want to be plowing your child full of stuff if they don't need it. But equally try and remember that if you had your wisdom teeth coming through, you would be taking something. So, you know, do try and relate the pain to that and act accordingly where you can. So the next thing to know is that we weren't actually kidding when we said it literally takes years there are loads of memes out there that show when baby will get various teeth but there is so much difference between our little ones at you know in any of these developmental things you know we've spoken about that a lot in terms of the huge range of when babies to start when babies start walking or crawling and things. So I think those graphics of the teeth can be a bit confusing as well. Um, so when do babies actually get their teeth? So for most babies, it is around the kind of five, six month mark, they'll get their first ones. But there is nothing set in stone with that. You know, some babies will get them much younger and some babies can be much, much older. You know, there's babies running around who or sort of 18 months with no teeth at all. So, you know, they can come through as late as 33 months um, for the last ones. Um, and so that's that, like, you know, that's a long period of time. Huge period of time. But also, even though six, five, six months is the usual, it can happen as early as three or four months. Mm-hmm. And actually, obviously, their teeth are forming, like some babies right from the very very beginning so mm-hmm. you know that pain that we're talking about could be happening from super early yeah definitely there's um some photos of babies who were born with teeth so it does happen you know it's not it's unusual but it, it has happened oh goodness um, but definitely the pain the pain is coming from much earlier than when the teeth come I can't I'm trying to remember with my daughter because I'm pretty sure that I saw a wee white nub really early on but it didn't actually like properly come through until she was like nine months or something yeah that can happen quite often as well that you think you're seeing a tooth and it can sort of move around so it's it sort of looks like it's coming up to the surface and then going back down again so all that movement means that you feel like you're just yeah. on the cusp of that tooth popping through and then it, again it does take a long time before it appears and I felt like she was quite late and I was a wee bit worried and then she got a bunch of really close together all at once yeah that quite often happens too I'm such a bad mum that actually I can't remember when any of mine got together <laughs> that's what happens when you've got three I guess um but and, and I think that is what I sort of wanted to address that some like the graphics are obviously super helpful as a guideline and um, because you do kind of want to know but also it can it can make people feel a bit you know worried if if it is later than that or earlier I guess yeah and and that's the thing, like it's important as with everything with babies, 
it's important to try not to worry because every baby is different. So, you know, they will all get them. Emily's actually five and she still hasn't got her very, very back ones. Right. So, you know, there are yeah. extremes. So I might not remember when they started, yeah. but I definitely know that she doesn't have her final ones now. So, yeah. So 33 months is that sort of two and a half-ish is mm-hmm. usually when they, they get those in. Yeah. And it's quite funny because a lot of people, you know, they talk about the cerebral twos and actually you can identify that often with cerebral twos, it's cerebral teething. Yeah. So it is, you know, they're just, their behavior is because they don't understand what that pain is. And so they just have a couple of weeks or a period of time where they can just be really stretching the boundaries because they can't say, my mouth is hurting. You know, they cannot communicate that's where the pain is coming from. So that comes out in their behavior. And though, I mean, I've heard, but obviously we don't know that's kind of what we're saying, but I've heard that molars are really painful to Mm -hmm. come through, a bit like wisdom teeth, I guess, because they are flat and big rather Mm -hmm. than the pointy incisors, which obviously kind of tend to come through the skin a bit more easily, but the the flat ones are are more painful. Yeah, definitely. But also when you've got a two-year-old, they are less likely to let you shove your fingers in their mouths to have a feel around as well so it can be hard because you you know even brushing their teeth can be difficult so you're like desperately trying to see what's going on there and you can't mm-hmm. and that's the other thing that can change as well with the symptoms you know if they're quite happy to get their teeth brushed and then suddenly they're not mm-hmm. like, again it can just be because their mouths hurt, are hurting so much so if you can give them the toothbrush to hold and let them kind of chow down on it themselves yeah that can help almost using it like a teething product yeah seeing your child in pain is one of the worst things as a parent and so knowing what to do when they're teething is really important both for them and for us so next up we've already slightly mentioned it but let's talk about what we can do for our teething babies there are lots of things that you can do and use to kind of try and stave off some of the pain nothing is going to be a medical cure and some days some things will feel like they work better than others depending on what point the baby is at with teething but you know you can massage the gums there's the sort of rubbery silicone teething toys that you get Um, you can pop them in the fridge as well or the freezer Um, if the if um, baby's old enough you can use the little teething biscuits which are really good and they can kind of be attached to the pram and things like that so they can just pull them over yogurt if they're at that stage are fantastic and um, milk lollies are really good veggie smoothies frozen down again that they can just gnaw on um, any of those kind of things as long as you're watching them and they've got any of the foodstuffs or any of the things that can sort of crumble off then you know as long as you're watching them it's absolutely fine I think there's quite often a bit of fear about frozen things with babies so um I, I know a number of um People have asked us about that in the past. So, yeah, so you, you just need to be careful that you are, you're either giving them something that's big enough to kind of suck and rub, or, you know, if, it, if you're doing something smaller, just make sure that it's very, very soft so that it is going to just kind of dissolve once the coldness mm-hmm. has hit their mouth. Yeah. So, not, and not really hard frozen, I guess. Exactly. Um, I find those teething biscuits really good. As you say, just I tied them yeah. to, you know, to the to the buggy and to you know where they had them within grasp um and they're brilliant. they always sort of fit even though they're like really I mean they're really super boring they don't taste of anything but 
<laughs> they always sort of felt like they were getting a treat. <laughs> get their teeth right down into them, and yeah, or their gums right down into them, and yeah, it, they do definitely really work. Um, and the other thing is Sophie the giraffe. The back leg of Sophie the giraffe seems to be the best shape to get right into the back gums. Yeah, definitely. There's a, a it's called a like teething a banana brush that you can get I, I think there are various things like this but um I found it on um, Amazon or any other major retailer <laughs> and it had hilarious reviews because it is it is like a baby toothbrush but I suppose a bit like those teething uh-huh. biscuits they can really kind of get it in there but it has little handles and I mean there's loads of great products some of them are some of them are better than others I find that one really good but also because I was so entertained by the reviews <laughs> Some of them are better than others, but also it does come down to the stage that your baby's at yeah. in the process of teething. So like we said, you know, some things will work one day and the next day they'll be chucked across the room and totally rejected. And obviously their age as well. We've spoken about how long it goes on for. You know, if you have a four or five month old that's teething, that's going to be really different from a two and a half year old. Definitely. And that can be a bit hard, I suppose, with the really little ones of knowing what's okay. And I suppose that's where the, you know, really you start at the start point, it would be you facilitate, so you massaging their gums, you know, some of the sort of much more kind of like babyish teething toys, like, because they they might not even be able to grasp in those early stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, you want things that you can kind of help them with um, or chunkier things that they can even when they're wee that they can get their fish right into mm-hmm. to hold and then put into their mouth and also um, muslins are really good or the little comforters with ears and things like that that they can just shove in and you know they might already be using that as their comforters at night um, or during day for nap times and if, they, if you just give them that to kind of suck on and chew on, it can help. And like you can put them in the fridge or the freezer as well, like not till they're properly yeah. frozen, but just to really cool yeah, them just down. To cool them down, exactly. Yeah, no, they are really good. And um, what about actual medicine? There's quite a lot of stuff out there apart from trusty paracetamol. Yeah, so obviously there is paracetamol. There's lots of um, homeopathic type of solutions as well you know different powders and things like that I think most chemists stock a good range now of teething powders um and then you've got your liquids and your gels um so there are there is a good range of stuff available I guess my advice would be that you start with the basics so you know you want to leave your calpols for the really bad times or for before they go to bed if you know that they've had a tough day teething then you want to save it so Mm -hmm. you can use it for when they're going to bed um to try and stave off some of the pain overnight but certainly keep on top of giving the pain relief you know if if you do it once and then don't do it for three days it's not really going to have covered them at all so with a lot of the sort of powders and gels and liquids it does say you know use every couple of hours to get the best effect and then you've got things like your amber anklets as well, which, you know, you can pop on and um, and they can, for some babies, they can be really helpful. Other babies don't seem to respond to them at all. A lot of the stuff with the homeopathic things and the amber teething, um, and you say anklets because necklaces and, and bracelets are, are dangerous, more dangerous with anklets. You can kind mm-hmm. of tuck it away so they can't get their hands on them. But still, um, they... There's really mixed 
uh, advice out there about them and there's mixed opinion about them as there is with quite a lot of the more sort of natural stuff um, so I guess it's just being aware of those differences reading up about it if you're worried about it um, and just yeah just being aware of it it might not be for you but I also think that you know whether it's a placebo for parents or baby some of these things can feel like they're helping whether they do or not (laughs) if you feel like you've tried as much as possible then you feel better because you know you're trying if you do nothing then you know you do feel a bit rubbish because you know you're just letting your baby suffer so yeah try as much as possible to make yourself feel good and hopefully it will help baby (laughs) You know, and if that includes a gen at night, that's fine. For you, not baby. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, contrary to what my granny told me, you should definitely not give your baby whiskey when they're teething. Um, Not even a little bit in the gums. No, granny, definitely (laughs) not. (laughs) But is there anything that I definitely shouldn't use? Um, I don't know. We've spoken, I suppose, about some of these things that people might have strong. Some people might have strong opinions about amber necklaces, but is there anything? I suppose people. I don't think there's anything that you shouldn't use if you've found something or if you've done your research and you're comfortable with the advice that you've been given. Then, other than the sort of old wives' tales like whiskey, etc., I don't think there's anything that you really shouldn't use. But you just have to make sure that whatever you are using, you are comfortable using. You've researched it thoroughly, and it's you know something that you're willing to try because you've decided that you want to I mean there are always going to be new things coming on the market as with everything with babies there will be various new toys and things like that coming on so you know I suppose there's a lot of fake things like um, one of the products that um, we recommend on uh, Sleep Mums Loves is the gummy glove Mm-hmm. which is absolutely fantastic but there are cheaper um versions yeah, it's of properly safety tested yeah. and you know uh-huh. that's I guess that's the thing with a lot of these things you know you yeah. want to make sure that they've gone through the right processes because you yeah. don't want any weird little bits to break no. off and that's mouth. the thing you know something that is being promoted to shoving a baby's mouth you do not want to go for the cheaper option that might have bits flying yeah. off it you want to you know again just look at what's on the market but yeah gummy glove is absolute fab um over some of the cheaper things yeah so i guess just just make sure and i suppose also if you are giving over-the-counter medication or, or things you've maybe got in the pharmacy just making sure you you stick to the guidelines that are on uh, for the how much you're meant to be giving them and at the time so whilst you should shouldn't scrimp on it and as you're saying like once every three days probably isn't going to help you don't want to be giving it all the time yeah. and you can obviously also use ibuprofen and I found I did find um once the kids were a bit older that that worked a bit better for teething pain I think because of the inflammation but again it's not something you want to be using loads of so kind of keep it in in your in your pocket as a kind of oh my goodness they're clearly in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing with any medication the homeopathic stuff as well as the calpol and ibuprofen always write down what you've given because when you are with kind of crying upset grumpy babies or you're tired or both you can sometimes forget what you've given so always have a record of anything that you've administered and just pop down the time that you've done it and just keep adding to that so that you know that you're not going to make any mistakes with it that is such a good point you can even do like a you know a post-it note and stick it on the bottle or something like if you don't but if it's not just you who's going to be dealing with baby so that other people know when they've had it Um, such a good point 
Trying to soothe a teething baby can be a nightmare, not just for the sad babies and toddlers and their parents, but also for sleep. Honestly, you guys, the teething sleep deprivation struggle is very real. In fact, given that we've been talking pain relief, there are a lot of teething remedies advertised out there that prey on just that, the sleep deprivation. You're tired, your baby's in pain, you're willing to do just about anything to make it stop. Sarah and I have both been there. But what can you actually do about sleep when your baby is teething? Well, my top tip is try and stick to routine. Try and stick to your schedule. You know, yes, it's difficult. Yes, they might wake up more. But if you start to let things slide, so, you know, if you've got a teething baby that's up in the night and you decide that actually you're just going to pick them up and put them, be- put them in bed with you, that's fine if that's and you wouldn't yeah, normally. and that's totally fine if that's what you want to do. But you need to be aware that as soon as that this sort of pain has stopped, you want to be getting back on track so that it doesn't become a new habit. You know, offering any sort of comfort is totally understandably what you're going to want to do and you should do. So just keep it brief, you know, quick cuddle. If you're given medicine, pop medicine in and then get back into bed so that things are getting back on track. Don't be tempted to let them sleep extra during the day to make up for it because then, you know, you are going to quickly see that your night's unravel. Um, So, yeah, just really try and stick with your schedule and routine um, and just keep on top of the pain relief. Um, Something we didn't actually mention in terms of talking about medication, which I think is really, really important and that's certainly advice we've given to our sleep clubs and I know you give to clients, is that before, if if you think baby is teething before a feed or before a meal, if they are weaned, give them some sort of pain medication, um, particularly in the yeah. second part of the day, to help them to have that feed. Um, because obviously what you can often have is that if a baby is teething and they do go off their food or their milk because they're it's sore either for them to eat or suck, then that can then disrupt sleep. And so you want to try and help them still fulfill their their food needs, you know, without shoveling it in when they're <laughs> clearly in pain, you know, but that that's where that's where paracetamol can come in handy. Yeah, yeah. so just 20, 30 minutes before a meal is really good. There's like someone chopping a tree down outside. I don't know if, I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> so I suppose saying what to do about sleep when your baby is teething is a bit of a hard one really because, sort of at the very top try and stay consistent but secondly also you do just need to do what you need to do to get it through for you and your baby but just bear in mind that element of consistency and the more you change things from how things are normally the harder it will be to change them back again which is what we're going to come on to next so it's a bit of a combination of try and be consistent, but also yeah. be kind to yourself and be kind to your baby because it is hard on them and you. So uh-huh. just do what you need to do. So we've agreed it's okay to do what you need to do to get you and your baby through. They're in pain. You're in pain for their pain and we all need sleep. However, what can be really hard is knowing when they know longer are teething like remember how super annoying it is that it goes on for years and also I think knowing how and when to make the changes back again once you think or hope your baby is feeling better so Sarah finally how do you come back from teething so that is you know the three to five day rule 
is what to remember at this point. You know, you do what you need to do when they're in the throes of teething and you're in the throes of it with them. And then remember that you have that golden rule. So as soon as you're ready, put everything back in place, you know, start following your schedule again and persist and persevere for the three to five days and you will start to see a real um, shift again and the things will start coming back to how they were before the teething started. And then, you know, once you've done it once and once you've come back from it, once you'll get the confidence to keep coming back because there will be more than one bout of teething. So you'll know, and as you get through and as you go through each bout of teething, you'll actually realise that you become a little bit stronger in keeping the routine as well. Um, and baby is more settled in the routine too. So things maybe don't go quite as awry as they do the first couple of times that they're teething. I, I know we've said, obviously, all babies are different. And um, I know you're not a doctor or a dentist, but do you tend to think that those bouts of teething last less long than the three to five days? Or do they go on for longer than that? I think that's a really hard one because every baby is so different. So... You can't really put a time scale on it. I think it's just really hard. It is that thing that if it feels like it's going on for weeks and weeks, is it still teething? Yeah, I mean, it could be if they're going to be getting a big pile of teeth in at the same time, then yes, it absolutely could be. If only one tooth is coming through, that one tooth might have been the one tooth that's going to give them a bit of grief and then the rest are all okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, you just, you just don't, don't know. know. You just don't know. And that's what makes it so hard. It's so hard, exactly. So maybe we could kind of slightly talk through that. You you think your baby's feeling better from teething. What are your first steps? You know, you've you've been bringing them into bed with you. Um, naps have gone out the window. You know, all everything has has, has switched up, and suddenly you feel like baby's feeling better, and uh, you're up during the night with them, even though you you don't think they're teething or they're not sleeping during the day. What do you, what can you do? So. You know, you're putting all your um, pain relief in place. You are supporting them whatever way you can. And then, you know, you just you ride it out until the teeth are through, really. And then once you're ready, you start to just get back on track to the age-appropriate schedule that you were on and, you know, go through. You basically lock yourself in the house for a couple of days to get <laughs> that schedule back in place. Yeah. So you sort of go back to basics and um, and just try and put that schedule back in place if you if you feel ready to and baby's ready to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can it can be. I think that that change is hard, particularly in those those first few times as well. But as you say, you kind of both baby and you get more accustomed to it as they get a bit older. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes you might not even notice teeth coming through. Yeah, absolutely. There are some babies that just pop out teeth no problem and it doesn't affect them in the slightest. So it does happen. Not all babies are affected. Not mine. (laughs) (laughs) We are so delighted to be bringing back our listener questions. This is your chance to ask us anything. We always use a question that relates to the topic we're chatting through so we can put our advice to practice in real life. One of the things I always struggled with with some parenting advice was that it seemed so far away from what my actual parenthood really looked like. So this week we have a question from Kelly. Hi Sarah and Kat. My first baby didn't have any bother with teething and it didn't impact his sleep so I was really surprised that my second has been so knocked by them. 
He likes to suck in his hands for comfort. So if he's doing this during the night and having a little whinge, how do I know if he's in pain and I need to provide him with relief as opposed to letting him settle himself? Thanks. So because your little one does use his hands as a comforter, it is going to be quite hard to tell if it's teething or not. And really what you should be going on is his um, noise as a guide. So, you know, if he is becoming more upset, more distressed, then yes, you know, the chances are it is teething. Or if you see that, you know, he's shoving his hand in his mouth and there's excessive drool coming out, then yeah, that's more likely to be teething as well. It is a tricky one when children already use something that they would, you know, show as a sign of teeth. And if that's what they're using as a comforter, then it can be quite confusing. You also get really drooly babies, don't you? So sometimes, like, the drool and stuff isn't necessarily a sign. Yeah, I mean, that some babies will just naturally drool from day one and continue to drill until they're really quite old so um you know it's again it's not a guaranteed sign um of teething so yeah if if that's something that they already use as a comforter then try and switch out the fist for something like a muslin or a um a, a toy with ears that kind of thing and then that way you will identify if it's that they need to or are trying to go to sleep or if they are just using it for the comfort of the gums. And so the most important thing in those circumstances for Kelly really is to try and listen to the cries uh, because it can be really hard to work out what's happening. And I think, I don't know if this is just me, but I would probably err on the side of it being teething if they are at a particular kind of an age um, and you think you're seeing the signs because they cannot properly tell you apart from through their cries if you are not sure you know it's it's okay to give them calpol uh, or paracetamol you know particularly during the night and sometimes that might be your first port of call um that's not to say you want to be giving it loads but you know if if you think if you think it's teething um and there are lots of signs and they seem sad and upset yeah, it, it's, it would seem. You're not going to let them suffer, so absolutely do what you need to do. And then you might be surprised by a little tooth coming in a few days later. You, Kelly, you'll need to let us know if it is actually teething. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you haven't experienced it with your first shows that, you know, every baby is so different. Then, you know, if he managed to sail through and your youngest one isn't, it is just, you know, you, you will you'll see new signs and symptoms um but yeah it just goes to show how different they can be we hope that helped kelly if you would like to ask us a question do get in touch with us on social media at the sleep mums on facebook or instagram or you can find us online and the best way to send in your listener questions is to either dm us or email us a voice note uh, and we will get back to you with our response and we'll also use it in one of our podcasts we've got loads of great topics coming up you can find out what those are on social media Teething can feel like it turns your gorgeous little baby into an actual vampire. Nocturnal, grumpy and fond of chewing on things that they shouldn't, including you. It is really tough going and it is one of the big sleep disturbances that can mean we just have to grit our own teeth and make it through. As ever, we hope this helped. And with these tips, tricks and pain relieving remedies, we hope you can comfort your uncomfortable little Dracula. I mean, baby, in no time. Look after yourselves and sleep soon. <laughs>